0: For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 490. In today's podcast, my guest and I are discussing how to free your mind. Ultimately, this is all about reprogramming your subconscious mind to get what you actually want in life. We specifically talk about different modalities on how you can do this. And to learn more and work with her directly on the Psych K Method, check out the show notes for links to her website and social handles. Welcome to today's podcast interview, Ifra on Judy Kane. Judy, welcome. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. I live in Tarpon Springs, Florida, which is in the Tampa Bay area.
0: What is it that you do?
1: And I help people rewrite their subconscious, self-limiting beliefs, uh, take out their head trash, if you will.
0: Yes. Well, and I'll just be blunt only because I feel like this is so timely. And that's why like, I love life synchronicities. I truly don't believe in coincidences, but I, I believe like everything is this free-flowing dance if we allow it. And I feel like our conversation is so timely because I literally just got off a call with somebody seeking coaching, seeking guidance, because she's in such a mess. And it's what I call like, mm, I'll just say mental fuckery. Like she's in this headspace. It's so much chaos, which is leading to worry and anxiety and self-doubt and procrastination and all this junk. And I teach and preach and truly believe that the mind is the cause of every effect in our life.
1: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you,
0: <laughs> well, okay. so and I definitely want to talk about the subconscious mind, but a metaphor analogy I always use is kind of like our mind is a garden, and the thoughts we think are the seeds we plant, and ultimately we reap what we sow, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The subconscious forms your perception of reality, which then is your reality, actually. <laughs>
0: But then what about those people who, I love how Abraham Hicks says, stop arguing for your limitations.
1: Anything with Abraham Hicks in it, for sure. I don't think you need to argue with them, but there are opportunities for changing them, right? Because they don't always support your conscious goals. So if if you're not achieving your conscious goals, you've got these beliefs that are competing with that and not supporting
0: And so I'm so visual. The visual I always like to use is what you just said, the conscious mind. So if we think of an iceberg, right? Our conscious mind. Now, I'm just going to explain what I understand. I'd love for you to deep dive. But ultimately, the conscious mind, 5% of the picture is where we have our desires, our goals, our wishes, our hopes, our dreams, right? Like 5% of our mind, the creative mind, but below the surface our subconscious mind is 95 percent running the show so what you're saying is if you have let's talk money right i think that's the easiest one for people to grasp if you have a desire for more money which really you're just seeking freedom right but if you have a desire for more money and you are broke in debt going through life's motions no matter what you do you can't seem to get ahead or like get your head out of water right right So in that scenario, can you please explain how your conscious desire more money, but your subconscious programming, um, debt, lack, fear, whatever it is around money is creating this disconnect and ultimately uh, a mess. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. Money is one of the most interesting topics when I am working with people. First of all, they think it's money they want uh, when it's really something that represents something. It's not the number of digits in the bank account. And if they don't change what's holding them back from the actual goal, no amount of money is going to solve their issue, right? But we get so many conflicting um, messages when we're growing up we get most of our subconscious by the time we're seven years old, and we're just little sponges walking around, absorbing all the beliefs wherever we land. The society measures most people's success in terms of money. So it's important to make it. You, you think it's important to have it. You think it's necessary for all the things that you want. At the same time, you're told you have to work really hard for it or it doesn't grow on trees, or it's the root of all evil, or you shouldn't have more than you need, or you don't want to be like those people who have too much of it. So there are all these things that are conflicting just about money itself. And then on top of it, you can have a lot of other things that are tied to fear of success, because it might be really unsafe for you to be visible or heard, or you might think it's too It's going to take too much to be successful, if not in terms of money, then in terms of energy and time. So there are all these beliefs that can be protecting you from that unwanted outcome of success, money, (laughs) the things you think you want. And they're they're 95 percent of what controls what you do. So unless you're focusing consciously on what you're doing, it's your default mode.
0: Yeah. Okay. default Something I wrote down while you were sharing that is this, like when you said, and I I have seen this, a lot of people feel that their quote self-worth is tied to their bank account. So now they have a desire for more money, but they feel so unworthy because their bank account isn't as much as they would want. So now hopefully listeners can see that disconnect. I feel unworthy. So subconsciously, my programs, my beliefs, I'm unworthy. But I have this conscious desire for more money. So I can go out and work harder and work two jobs. And we're still going to self-sabotage, right? Because we feel unworthy at the core.
1: Absolutely. That's another big thing that comes into play. Uh, And I've seen other people that you'll see them, they'll make just enough. Yeah they'll they'll get they can make what they need but if they make more than that something comes in unexpectedly and takes it away right they never can accumulate more than that base level need of what they have to have and frequently that's a belief that it's not okay to have more money than you need and and could be because it's um, dangerous to have too much money it could be because you don't deserve more money it could there are a lot of reasons for that but it's an interesting uh, situation I've seen with so many people.
0: Well, I think here's a great example to give 70% of lottery winners blow it all, lose it within the first three to five years. So, somebody with a programming, I love how Ed Milet talks about it as like a thermostat. So, if our internal thermostat, our belief system is set at 75 degrees, that's where we're worthy, that's, you know, quote, comfort zone. But life happens outside of us to better that, to bring it up to 90 degrees, 100 degrees. Now we're outside of our comfort zone. It doesn't match the beliefs. And that's why people squander the money because they need to get back down to their 75 degrees. Okay, can we talk about this? Because then I, I, I kind of want to talk about, well, how do you change this, right? It's I believe the first step is change is becoming aware. So we know... You know, something I offer on my website is what I call the life assessment. And that's just a free resource to give people, you know, where are you dissatisfied? Is it money? Relationships at work? Um, the mental health piece. And I see often, especially lately, a ton has come through. You know, it's on that life assessment. It's a scale one to 10, 10 totally satisfied, want to change a thing, one miserable. And people's romantic relationships are coming through and they're ranking them out of one. So, can we talk about subconscious programming as it relates to relationships?
1: Oh yeah, that's always interesting. Uh, I've I've worked with people frequently where they were have a pattern, and we're always talking about patterns here. One yeah. situation doesn't mean you've got subconscious beliefs that are working against you, but when it's a pattern, um, if you have the same pattern in your romantic relationships you need to look to see what you know what might be causing that and you know sometimes it's just copying what you've seen when you grow up right it's 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 the relationship that might not be good but it's what you're comfortable with and you don't you know people don't like to get out of their comfort zones very often but if this relationship is not supportive is not loving then there's probably some self-worth beliefs of your own that are not showing people how they need to be treating you. It's the priorities you set, the boundaries you set, that your willingness to um, put your stuff aside and and only pay attention to somebody else's. A lot of those beliefs come in there. And and when you're in a, a relationship, even if the other person is not doing what you think they're doing, if that's the way you see it, it's your reality. And you're responding back to them based on that reality, which they then respond back to you. So you've got to change the way you're relating to the other person to hope for a change in their response.
0: Okay, there's so much I want to break down here. Even what you were just sharing is, um, I've heard it lately referred to as the mirror principle that life is literally a mirror. So our internal state is projected externally. So look, if we have those beliefs, conscious and subconscious, not worthy, not enough, that's why the external, the mirror, the bank account is showing our worthiness scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love how, and I, I first heard this through Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he says, we don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. And I think that's another thing of showing that, okay, if, if our perception is creating reality, it's not about changing relationships or changing jobs or whatever. Because <laughs> trust me, you know, I, I chased that shiny object syndrome. I realized I was the common denominator. And until I change, and I'd love to give rather than hypotheticals, I'll give a real life example, my own personal one. So I don't know when I finally hit this, maybe like 29 or 30 years old. Um, <clears throat> I was at a Tony Robbins event where we, we were at the end of Leadership Academy going through this guided meditation, like it was deep. And for me, I'm very visual. And so I, I had this whole scene come in. It was amazing. But I realized, and I took full responsibility I kept going from relationship to relationship, same experiences, different face. And then I had to be like, well, what's the common denominator? It was me. So long story short, I came to realization. And that's why it's like, you know, some people talk about inner child healing, but it's like I had to get down and that's what happened in this guided meditation. I got down and hugged literally, I think it was like my four-year-old self. She came to me in this wide open field. It was this amazing, you know, like a movie scene. But ultimately, that little girl didn't know any better. But I created beliefs that I wasn't worthy and deserving of a male's time and attention because my dad worked so much. So I created those beliefs of a young girl not worthy and deserving of a man's time and attention. So who did I attract? In all of my years of dating, it was emotionally unavailable workaholic men. That's who, until I became so aware of this and I was like, well, that's BS, right? Rewriting your belief systems. And and I I would love to discuss different ways we can reprogram. I know you're really big into psych K, but we can change these beliefs. And when we change our beliefs, we change the outcome. What is another common theme you see with individuals? Um, You know, I know here are some big symptoms I see, and I believe that these are symptoms of our belief system. So symptoms are self-doubt, imposter syndrome, procrastination. And people think, well, I'm not good at time management. So can we talk about these symptoms versus the real true cause of the pain points?
1: Sure, uh, and this is something I I like to talk about when I give presentations of some of the clues that you can look for if you've got subconscious beliefs working against you. Yeah, and um, so ha- feeling fearful or anxious or you know stressed out when it's the same, you know, about doing certain things, being with certain people running out of money (laughs) you know having to do something that you might fail at uh, you know it's there's a lot of fear that i see out there um and so feelings you know and the root of that is feeling safe and it's not just physically safe but feeling emotionally safe and and safe to make choices that are based on what you want instead of what you are trying to avoid right? Most, many people's lives are based on what they don't want to happen. They they don't want mm-hmm. to run out of money, so they go for the promotion, or they go for the job they don't love because it pays more, or they you know, get in a relationship with somebody that might not be their first choice, but they are pretty sure they won't get rejected, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. it's like, they're going for things that seem to be safe to their subconscious, even if their conscious mind isn't aware of it. So that's that's one set of symptoms is all the all the times you feel anxious when you think about doing those things. Or, you know, when you feel shame or guilt on a regular basis, that can feeling not, you know, that is usually tied to being not worthy. You know, so your self-esteem and what you believe other people value you for. So those are um you know where your priorities aren't straight, where you don't set boundaries, where you're in the um non-reciprocal relationships where you're always you can't accept praise, you can't talk about what you do well. There <laughs> if you're uncomfortable mm. taking a compliment, you know, if somebody says you did a great job and you say I was lucky or it was the team, Oh my you gosh. know, and, and surely if you're with a team, certainly it was a team effort. But if you can never accept compliments or, or praise for something that you've done, that's a symptom that your self-worth is probably not what it would be helpful to be. <laughs>
0: I think, okay, here's another prime example of this. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with somebody and I gave him a compliment and he deflected. And my mom taught me at a very young age, whether or not you believe the compliment, say thank you. Just say thank you. And she I mean, she taught me that as a young girl. Um and I've and you know, I think women are the worst at deflecting, but it's like, oh, you're having such a great hair day. Oh, really? Like, you know, I haven't washed it in three days or whatever. Or I left that dress. oh, it's it's old. you know, like we do this all the time. But this guy who I had this conversation with paid him a compliment. He deflected. I called him out on it because that's what I do. And I was like, You told me you were seeking abundance and wealth. Oh, because he said after that, he's like, I'm not good at receiving. And that would be a self worth thing, right? And so I said, You are seeking wealth and abundance. So you need to be open to receiving. Like, you need to have your hands out. Like, yes, thank you. And it starts with something as small as a compliment, right? Right. Absolutely. I love the, I love the saying how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's why I believe these small things are so important because if you can't accept a compliment, well, you're not going to get more money, right? Yeah. Or the other Absolutely. things you want.
1: Yeah. I, I've got another example of that is just a little test for people about how they really view people with money, right? If you get cut off in traffic, If the car that cuts you off is a high value car, do you have a different reaction than somebody who's driving a car that's similar to your own? And if you think less of the driver, like they may feel entitled or some other characteristic that you attribute to them, uh, you might not have a high opinion of people who have money. And if that's true, your subconscious is not going to let you have or keep that money because it doesn't
0: value people who have it okay so if this is making sense and resonating to people and now we're becoming more aware of oh i do i guess i do feel unworthy i am living by guilt shame not enough insecure etc but there's a gap right who they're currently being based on perception and belief systems and i call it version 2.0 who The life they desire right that conscious mind desires this amazing life which i truly believe we all are capable of you're nodding you're like yes yes absolutely so then how do we bridge this gap how do we pull the weeds and plant new seeds
1: so there are lots of modalities that can help people change those subconscious beliefs Uh, i'm not an expert in any but one (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, before we go into Psych K, because that's yours, can we talk about the different modalities? Because maybe somebody's been like, "Oh, I've heard of that. I didn't know that was reprogramming."
1: That's not my area of expertise. I can throw out hypnotherapy is one way of doing it. Um, If if it's done repetitively, you know, Bruce Lipton says affirmations. I, I believe you have to really. Get into the emotion of those being true for those to work.
0: Yep.
1: Um, and there are so many others that I'm I'm not going to list, but but there are lots of practitioners out there. And if anybody's curious, I think Bruce Lipton has a a really good resource list that's on his website and in the back of any of his books yeah. that lists a whole bunch that he has vetted that he thinks are effective. No. Um, and I, I'm assuming he keeps those up to date, but,
0: well, but and there I, are, yeah, go ahead. I love Dr. Bruce Lipton and what he's here is for anyone new to him, but I've definitely talked about him before he wrote, um, the honeymoon effect and the biology of belief. So he was this guy, wasn't he like in his forties, miserable, right? Like he was living a miserable life. But he's a scientist at heart and he was a, a professor at, at college and, and teaching these things. And he had his own aha moment and he realized it's the environment of the cell that creates results. And he was like, wait a minute, but we have, don't we have like a hundred trillion to a hundred, whatever, there's a big number. We have trillions of cells, and it's our internal environment based on our thoughts and beliefs, which are fertilizing these, creating our external results. And this guy is now, I freaking love Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's the happiest, nerdiest guy. I think he's got to be like 70, right? He's old. Dirt. Older. He's older than that. Yeah. Really? I love him. But what? he is proof of that this being possible. And you're right. I think it's important for people to experiment different, you know, scripting is one, but ultimately it comes down to repetition because if we get into Hebb's law states, nerve cells that fire together, wire together. And I'll just give you an example that something like it just came clear for me. And I like to make things very simple. If we have these deep rooted beliefs in our subconscious unworthy, not enough, because that happened from zero to seven and then onward. Right. Yeah. We have like Texas sized freeways. Of these disempowering beliefs running the show, but consciously we want something else. And so what I've learned through Hebb's law nerve cells that fire together wire together, that's why repetition is key. At first, with a new belief, it's like being in the Amazon jungle with a machete trying to like pave a just a dirt road, right? But ultimately, over time, this new belief, and you are 100% right, affirmations alone are not enough because that's the conscious mind. But when you combine that thought and the feeling like you embody it, then that Amazon jungle that with the machete turns into this new Texas-style freeway right? That's how I see it. That's just what works for me. So ultimately, what we're telling people is become aware of these disempowering beliefs, keeping you stuck. And there are ways to go about reprogramming. So now let tell me about Psych-K.
1: Gladly. So it's a fast change process that you can use to rewrite beliefs that you want to be different it's the subconscious beliefs when i talk about beliefs i'm talking about subconscious beliefs which you may or may not be able to tell what they are you have to look at what's going on in your life to figure out and back into it to figure out what might be manifesting that but so it's a fast change process it usually you can usually change any one belief in less than than 5 minutes it's um it's based on the the clients that I work with we call them partners but the clients are fully awake and aware so they're not in some you know other state when they're doing this and the people who I'm I'm called a facilitator so I'm not called I'm not affecting the change I'm facilitating the change the person is changing what they want to change they pick they pick the belief they want to be true yeah, and you get in certain postures that and are more easily enabling a whole brain type of a state where you're you're balanced and open to being able to change this energy. So you're not doing um, you know, which they're just different postures that you're doing to make it more accessible to get to the subconscious you use muscle testing to communicate with the subconscious to figure out what's in there. Mm. Uh, and I, do people know what muscle testing is?
0: Well, I do. Uh, the one that I know, isn't it through like kinesiology, when you stick your arm out and you're like, yeah. And so that's just, if you're stronghold, then that is true for you. If it goes limp quick, then no.
1: Yes. So you use it to see if an emotion stresses out your subconscious. Or if the, your subconscious believes a certain statement, or if an answer is yes, no. So yeah, mm. that's that's what we use it with. And when I work remotely with people, I do the muscle testing for the person, which works. Um, so that's how you can tell if they get freaked out when they think about, you know, money. If, they, if you muscle test and it's a weak response, it means your subconscious is freaked out about it. It's not just a conscious story you're telling yourself. And that's something that you can work with with Psych K to change. Or you can have affirmation style statements of, you know, I deserve to be loved and cherished in this relationship, right? Yeah. If your subconscious doesn't believe it, it will be a weak response. So you rewrite it so that it does believe that. So that's how you go about that process.
0: This just made, it came to mind, EFT tapping. And that's maybe more mainstream that people may have heard of. But tapping is using affirmations, tapping on the different meridian points, right? To also kind of reprogram. So I just want people to know there's so many ways to go about this. Absolutely. But if you're just reading, I am wealthy, I am wealthy, but you feel broke, it is never going to work. Right. Absolutely. Um. And ultimately, you know, I love using the metaphor, like how often do we update our phones? The OS operating system often because like my phone just did another one. It's at 16 point something. So it's had many upgrades and um. Updates, but it's like when I feel most people are living life on autopilot, right? Living life by default, where I offer you can live life by design. So I would love to hear from you what, like, what even made you get into this work? And can you share some beliefs that you were able to um, rewrite through Psych K and how that changed in your life?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I I have a background in IT management and I did not have much exposure to anything that you would call uh, outside the mainstream. You know, I didn't disbelieve. I just had not much exposure. i would heard of acupuncture and assumed it worked because if they've been using it for centuries and why would you keep doing something if it didn't work right so yeah you know, I tend to, to think in the possibilities but I didn't have any exposure and when I was married to my second husband he had a lot of friends who were doing all sorts of energy work which was a whole new area for me to be exposed to and uh at one point in time it was you know he had a physical pain and I don't even remember what it was. But one of his friends said, would you like me to help you with that? And he said, sure. And they worked with it where I could see and hear what they were doing. And in about five minutes, this physical pain had gone away. And I could see what was happening and was absolutely intrigued because it did not require you to interpret messages or sense energy. It's a process. And it was like, I could do that. (laughs) <laughs> it, it didn't seem to require um, special gifts to be able to, to do this. And so that was when I decided I wanted to learn more about it. And in 2011, I took the first workshop and then I quickly followed with every possible workshop that they offer because I was in, I was just fascinated with the possibilities of what this can do for people. Uh, I've used it with myself for all sorts of of things. Um, one of one of the stories um, that might be interesting is fear of speaking in public. I started. I, I learned how to do site K in 2011, mainly just to use it with myself and people I knew. And but it was so good. I didn't. I thought I needed to share it with more people. So I started the business in 2014, and so I started networking, which I had never had to do before. Um, and I, even the 30-second introduction was like, you know, I get a little nervous waiting for my turn to say the thing and worried that I wasn't going to say it right and that everybody was going to be looking at me. And I, you know, I got to where the 30-second intro was fine. And I was at one networking meeting and a woman said, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I have a, a web TV show. Would you like to be a guest? And I, you know, my head my mind is going well of course yes my voice said yes of course that would be lovely thank you so much and inside there were some voices that were just screaming because the idea of being on a tv show was just unnerving for me right but i went home and i worked on those the panic basically that i was feeling um and went through a whole bunch of of belief changes so that i would be ready To go on, say you know, on this set and do this. And uh, as I was driving over for the show, I could feel there was just a little bit of anxiety left. So before I went into the building, I I took care of that last little piece, and I was really glad I did because there were six cameras, I think, focused on the two chairs. They were, (laughs) it was like, you know, highly visible stuff. One of them was apparently something called bid chat where people could stop you mid-sentence. if they pledged money, you had to answer whatever they asked, which nobody did that. But if I had not taken care of the anxiety, it would have been painful for the the host, the audience. for me, it would have been very obvious that I was a, a real nervous person there. and this was comfortable. I looked at it afterwards. I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised at my composure. Uh, so that was a big one that I changed for myself.
0: Was the underlying belief you didn't want to be seen? You
1: know, sometimes you don't even need to know what the belief is, you, yeah. and you definitely don't need to know where it came from with psyche. So it's yeah. a really gentle way of working with things that maybe uh, were traumatizing from childhood or or later, because you don't need to. You don't need to know if you do know I don't need to know so you don't have to go back and and find words to to put there you you're just working with what is there now yeah and you you can work with the affirmation style statements as single beliefs but you can also transform an emotion just which is a bucket of beliefs that you don't need to dissect so when I was working with myself for this particular case I was just transforming that panic feeling that I had every time I thought about being on camera. Yeah.
0: okay, something you brought up were which got you into psych, k. I I have heard this, and I love this thing that, um, you know, anytime, especially chronic pain in the body, think of it as a check engine light. like, oh, well, there's some emotions. there's trapped emotion. There are beliefs thoughts not serving me. And my body is like, Right. So we can, we can deal with the symptoms. You can go to a chiropractor and get adjusted. You can do some acupuncture and that's fine. I think. Right. But I'm it's sure. very, it's just managing symptoms where I'm all about, let's get to the root cause. Absolutely. yes. And I know specific, like I love Louise. Hey, she has a book on this. You can heal your life. And at the back of the book is a glossary of like skin conditions and any chronic pain and illnesses are all um go back to a trapped emotion a belief and she offers an affirmation but what you're sharing i'm curious what you can share with us about this process cuz if we can come in and change a belief in 5 minutes why is everybody not doing this
1: no why everybody is not doing this um i i heartily recommend that people you know find a way to to deal with these things but a lot of people don't understand that Uh, dashboard analogy of your body. It's just trying to get your attention because you need to change something. But it's absolutely, I've seen this time, the mind-body connection is just awe-inspiring. Some things I've seen immediate differences with people, you know, there's a physical symptom that they don't want migraines, for instance. I, I don't know how many people in conferences and meetings and places that have said, I need to leave, I've got a migraine. And I've said, Would you like me to try to help with that? <laughs> and and we can go off in a corner and usually in five minutes the migraine's gone. It's they've changed a the belief that was their body was was letting them know something was not right. And so I have seen that over and over again. Uh, with it's When it's a pain thing or a mobility thing, it's sometimes it's immediate. Now, other things take longer to resolve in the body. You know, it, it might not, you might not know if there was a change or it might just take longer for it to occur. But some things I've seen an immediate difference in. It.
0: Question that just came to mind. Now, I had Dr. Gabe Roberts on my podcast a few months ago, and I, I still follow his content. I love his stuff because he talks about the subconscious mind, but something he does pretty sure it's called HMT holographic manipulation therapy. And it sounds very similar to you. And he said like, he charges a lot of money, but like in an hour session, he he can like major transformations for people. How, How are you able to do something like that in five minutes?
1: Yeah, I wish I knew exactly how it worked. Um, you know, I've I've seen it work enough to know that it it's not a surprise, but it's still awe inspiring, right? It's still yeah. kind of wow. How how can it be that much of a of a mind body connection? I've the things I've seen are like sciatica. I've had several clients where that was the reason that they were there. And it it really didn't take a full session for that to be resolved. Or people with mobility issues where, you know, sure. I haven't been able to raise my arm over my shoulder for 20 years. And it's it's not stuck because the bones are frozen. It's There is some belief that's keeping it from moving from that point. And yeah. so if you can find the right belief, and that's yeah. where the art of it is. The change part is pretty straightforward. The art is changing the right the right beliefs that are causing what the issue is.
0: Now is this something you like in sessions that you do with people, is this something that you can teach them and they, they can take it away and continue doing on their own, or you they need the facilitator?
1: So I've got two answers for that. Uh-huh. To actually do site K, you need to be using, you know, working with a facilitator or take a workshop and learn how to do it yourself. It's not like you can, you know, write the notes down and go home and do it because you wouldn't be doing site K per se. You don't know what you'd be doing because you haven't had the it's it's a pretty intensive workshop that you go through for what looks like a simple set of things at the end that you know how to do. But there, there is a lot of, of background. It's kind of like installing an operating system in the person who's the facilitator, right? That, yeah. that it's like you go through something like that. That being said, there yeah. are some things people can do that frequently can result in a change. One, and one of the things I see so often with people, they come in and they know what they don't want. But when I say, what would you rather have Instead, they can't really articulate what they really want. They just know what they don't want. Yeah. So I, I, you know, one good way to get on the right, right path is to figure out what do you really want. And then after you do that, if you can spend some really quality time going deep into what that would look like, all the details, all the sensory details that you can put around that reality, that new reality. So visual details what people are saying, what you're saying to yourself, what emotions are you feeling when this is true? Are there scents or textures or, or tastes or anything else that you can add to that picture to give good detail? Sometimes that's giving your subconscious enough information to know what you're trying for. And I have seen that make a difference in some cases. So it's always a good place to start if you wanna do it yourself.
0: I love that and what you just shared because I see that come across, um, you know, my emails and and content a lot is, and I recently had a post on LinkedIn that got a ton of engagement and and that was the topic is people don't even know what they want because look, we are trained. We're so focused on what's not working, what we don't want, what we don't like, and we're giving all of our attention and energy to that. Instead, if you get so clear on this, I call it version 2.0, right? Or you get so clear on that dream job, that dream business, that relationship. And like you were saying, you embody the feelings of it. Are you into Neville Goddard?
1: gone deeply into that the the little bit I've been exposed to is very interesting yeah
0: so I, I love Neville Goddard and just real quick because I know we're kind of running short on time Neville Goddard teaches because I think most people think of what for those that actually know what they want or take the time to figure it out they think of it and they're like someday one day I wish I hope but he teaches the law of assumption, assuming as though it's already done, living from the end. And I think ultimately, truly, this is what Dispensa teaches in his, I've been to his meditation retreats. When you have that clear intention and you live from those elevated emotions, gratitude, joy, love, connection, abundance, and that is who you are rehearsing mentally, visually, viscerally, you literally attract that into your life. But those are two totally different realities. So what are you focused on? Because you're going to get more of it, right? Yes. Which wolf do you feed? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so question. Because site K, you know, this is something, and and maybe it's something we could deep dive at a later time. Ultimately, what do you want people to know?
1: I want them to know that they don't have to settle for what is,
0: Mm.
1: that they can create a life that is what they actually want to be living based on choice as opposed to based on fear
0: i love that choice yes i'm highlighting choice because i use that word often i love that okay so judy i'd love to wrap up the interview and i have a few rapid fire questions for you okay (laughs) the first one being what is a quote or motto that you live by
1: whether you think you can or think you can't you're right Henry Ford. Henry Ford nailed it
0: all right what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend
1: highly recommend the biology of belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton
0: you know what so I love love hearing his interviews on YouTube because pretty much if you've seen one you've seen them all he says the same thing right repetition that book was so hard to read I feel
1: easier one because it doesn't have the because he gets the biology belief has is heavy on biology the honeymoon effect gives you the same information in a different way of applying it so either one of them i highly recommend
0: yes and i agree i've read both but i like more of the practical not the science behind it all all right final question what advice would you give your younger self
1: Oh, learn about this. <laughs> if I had known what I know now back then, life would have been so much easier. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: Well, and I think that's why you're doing what you do to empower individuals to start now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It is, yeah. it is the reason I'm here is to let people know if things aren't working the way you want and it's a pattern, there are reasons for that and you can change it.
0: I yes. love that. Such a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.